Welcome to the podcast filled with his love, the only podcast that draws upon both religion and psychology to help you strengthen your attachment relationships. Here's your host, Dr. Russ Osgothorpe, Emeritus Professor of Instructional Psychology and Technology, author and speaker. His latest book entitled Filled with His Love, Strengthening Our Attachment to God and to Others is available on Amazon now. One of the chapters in the book is entitled, Use Candor with Kindness. Now, candor sometimes is not the most familiar word to us. Kindness, obviously, is a very familiar word. So, I wanted to illustrate this a little bit today in this episode with a story about a friend. This was a friend at the university, and I went to his office one day to help him because he was having trouble getting anything published. As you know, professors need to publish or they have a difficult time in their career. So I wanted to sit down and talk with him about his challenge. When I asked him about the difficulties he was having, he immediately opened a drawer and pulled out a crumpled piece of paper. This was a little strange for me. So I uncrumpled it And I read the comments of the reviewers. I said, look, I said, they're actually asking you to resubmit it. He was very offended. That's why he crumpled it up and put it in his drawer. I said, they're asking you to resubmit this article. It's almost like an acceptance. He shrugged his shoulders. And then he said, you know, so what? They'll probably just reject it again. The reviewers gave him feedback with candor. It was honest, open, and frank. And they even mixed in a little kindness because they asked him to resubmit it with the requested changes. But he couldn't feel that kindness. He, he, he could feel none of it. All he could see was their criticisms and that feeling of rejection. It was as if each request for revision was a personal attack on his competence. So he said to himself, I always knew I wasn't very good. Now I know it because they've told me I'm not very good. When in actuality, they had not told him he wasn't very good. They had asked him to resubmit the article. So now this is another story about a person uh, making a request of another. This incident happened just a few months ago. The Vancouver Canucks were playing a hockey game in Seattle a young woman spectator began staring at a mole on the back of the equipment manager's neck. Yes, she actually noticed a small mole. It was very small. She had recently graduated from the University of Washington and had plans to become a doctor. To prepare for med school, she had been volunteering in an oncology unit at the hospital, so she had been seeing lots of these kinds of moles. When she noticed the mole, she said to herself, Hmm. That looks exactly like the moles I've seen in the hospital. Chances are that mole is cancerous, and it's probably melanoma. End quote. So what did she do? Did she just sit in her seat and watch the rest of the game? Did she avoid talking to him because she didn't know him? No. She pushed her candor button, I would call it, and wrote a note on her phone in a very large font that said something like, quote, you need to get the mole on the back of your neck checked. It could be cancerous, end quote. 
She pressed the phone against the plexiglass that separated the audience from the rink and got the equipment manager's attention. He read the message, and later, this is what he said. He said, when I first saw it, I kind of shrugged it off. After all, he did not know the young woman, and he had no idea that he had a mole on the back of his neck. But then he reconsidered and decided to go to the doctor and get it checked. Sure enough, there were melanoma cells in that mole. It was clearly cancerous. The doctor told him that if he had let it go, if he had just let it go for a couple of years, it wasn't ready to actually kill him at that moment, but if he had let it go for a couple of years, it would have killed him. Later in the season, the Canucks got him together with the one who had saved his life, that pre-med student. When they told the story to the audience, the audience sprung to their feet and gave them a standing ovation. I like this story from several angles. Candor means to communicate with clarity, brightness, honesty, and purity. That was what that pre-med student did. She had to boil her message down into a few phrases. Her intent was pure. She wanted to help someone avoid the misery that she had observed in the oncology unit when melanoma gets out of control. Some might have looked at her message through the plexiglass and thought she was just wanting attention. He could have ignored her message. He could have been offended that someone noticed something wrong with him. But he didn't. He accepted the correction. Likening it to the story of my friend whose article had been rejected, he could have concluded that it wasn't worth dealing with. But he, in one sense, resubmitted his body for inspection by a physician and found that he needed treatment. In this case, candor saved someone's life. But the one whose life was being saved needed to accept the message without ignoring it, or being offended by it. So many times in our lives we fail to step forward and say what really needs to be said because we're afraid we might offend. But if we do it in the right way, if we clothe our candid message with kindness, we have a chance of helping the other person. In the case of the equipment manager, I believe that even though he initially struggled, shrugged it off, he kept thinking about it. And I believe he must have sensed the purity, the honesty, and, you know, the selflessness of that pre-med student's motive. How could he be offended or how could he ignore it if all she was trying to do was help him? When a wife takes offense at something the husband said, or when the husband ignores something the wife said, the relationship suffers. But the same thing happens between a parent and child, between siblings, or between friends. Misunderstanding, misinterpretation, it often lurks behind every phrase that exits our mouth. Think of the child who rejects a parent, who stops talking to the parent completely, all because of communication that had some candor but no kindness. Taking offense robs us of our most fulfilling attachments. Elder David A. Bednar has said, Believing that another person offended us is fundamentally false. To be offended is a choice we make. It is not a condition inflicted or imposed upon us by someone or something else. End quote. 
This is so similar to the message in an earlier podcast when I discussed how we make our own emotions. They don't just happen to us. In Carl Pilmer's book, Fault Lines, which I highly recommend, by the way, if there's any problem you have with family estrangement, with being distanced from a sibling or a parent or a child, it's called Fault Lines, Fractured Families and How to Mend Them. He concludes, quote, estrangement is rarely one person's responsibility. This insight may sound simplistic, but it is in fact one of the most important points in this book. Estrangement is a process that involves hundreds or thousands of small interactions over time, in which both relationship partners make choices that can distance them or provide opportunities to connect. The claim, quote, it's entirely his or her fault, quote, is almost never accurate and forms a major barrier to reconciliation, end quote. That's a powerful quote, and I really like his focus throughout this book on what does it take to reconcile? What, how do we get reconciliation when there is a relationship problem? So, estrangement describes relationships that are really broken. These are actually not relationships at all. The two relationship partners have decided to sever the relationship completely, to never talk to each other again. I can't call that much of a relationship. <laughs> And think of all those thousands of interactions, as Pilmer puts it, thousands. The relationship partners in these interactions did not use candor and kindness together. The interactions may have included intentional lying, hurtful and harsh comments intended to hurt the other person. Who knows what those interactions contained, but was it both candor and kindness? I would say no. Candor means honest, clear communication, and kindness means care. We can talk to each other honestly and be caring at the same time. When we have one of those interactions that doesn't go very well, we can redo it. I had a young man I was counseling once who was upset, frustrated, and not feeling very good about himself or about life. There were moments in the conversation when I wondered if I was helping him at all. About two hours later, he approached me and mumbled, um, could, could we do that over again? He was asking to have the conversation again. I had never had someone ask that before, and of course, I agreed. We sat down, and he said, I didn't do very well in that interview. I was kind of mad. I don't know what happened, but I would like to pretend that that conversation between us never happened. I want to do it all over again. We can erase bad interactions by doing them all over again. We can have both candor and kindness. The Lord himself shows us how to blend candor and kindness. Think of when his onlookers were criticizing him harshly for healing on the Sabbath. He did not become defensive. He did not respond with harshness. He simply taught them that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In fact, all of the Savior's communication rested on candor and kindness. The way he treated the adulteress, the way he spoke to Martha and Mary when they were frustrated that he had not visited their brother Lazarus before he had died. But Jesus spoke so simply, so purely, 
quote, but your brother will rise again, end quote. And then he raised Lazarus from the dead. Candor and kindness are akin to mercy and justice. Justice is full of clarity. Mercy is full of charity. We need to communicate with both. When someone misunderstands what I'm trying to say, I ask myself, how could I say that with more clarity? When someone seems to misinterpret my intent, what I'm trying to do and to say with my comment, maybe even when my words seem to offend, I ask myself, how could I have said that with more charity? So we always need both, candor and kindness, clarity and charity. When we use both in our thousands of interactions with each other, good things will happen. I'm convinced of it. Our attachment to those we love will grow. Our love for each other will deepen. And our closeness to God absolutely will increase. <laughs>